Hi guys, welcome back to Into the Light, a different life story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. First things first, a bit of housekeeping. Down there is that big subscribe button. Press it. It's really, really cool because then you don't miss any of these fantastic interviews. Because in this show, we bring on guests who have often gone through hell and kept going and are now transformed and, and living lives that are so beautiful that really it's hard to stop them in their enthusiasm to, to just love themselves and, and live their own authentic life. And that is something I was missing when I was certainly in the depth of depression and, and, and alcohol and, and when I was not the man that I am nowadays. So you've got all these beautiful people coming onto my show. You would be silly not to subscribe to find out more. Come on, do it. You can do it. It's one press. Cool. Today, we have got Lauren Bernison here. And Lauren is just a fantastic guest. And why? Because she has created the first UK travel agency that focuses on people who don't want to get completely plastered, go to, to Spain and say, oh, I had some good times. I just can't remember them, but I've got good pictures. Hey, So Lauren, thank you so much for coming on to my show. I need to explore your story far more in detail. Hi, Stefan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> An absolute pleasure. And and please, I mean, I, I'm German, you're a UK, and there certainly in the 80s, I had my fair share of holidays to Spain, where you essentially go there to escape reality, to drink as much as you want, and to mix and mingle with either the opposite sex or the same sex, if you're attracted to that, doesn't matter. Um, basically, what happens in Loretta Ma stays in Loretta Ma, kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> been there, done that. That was typical travel, as far as I was concerned as a younger man. I would have never even thought about a place that is creating uh, a travel uh, adventures for people who don't want to get pissed. So there's, there must be a story there, Lauren. I mean, how, how did you think about this venture? What is your own story that essentially led you to that realization? Well, the whole idea actually ties in very closely to my own story. So I, like you, um, not just on holiday, but on all aspects of my life had been burning the candle at both ends, let's say, and that's very conservative, uh, for many years, really. And I suppose my initiation to that when I was about was when I was about 18 years old. Um, I was heading off to South America, to Argentina, um, to do some volunteering work after my A-level exams. And things didn't really pan out the way they the way I thought they would have. I'd already gone through a bit of a sort of rebellious teenage time. You know, I just, uh, I wasn't really coping emotionally with the things life was throwing at me. And so I got to go away to Argentina and the volunteering didn't work out. And instead I ended up staying there on a six month bender of epic proportions, getting up to all sorts of uh, mischief as you can imagine and um, 
I really got a taste for that kind of escapism which you can get from from drugs and alcohol. And since then, it it, it was a kind of downhill a downhill journey for me. Um, I always loved traveling. So I managed to incorporate this love of getting totally wrecked and self-destruction into the travels. And in my mind, I was going places and getting to know the culture. And I suppose in a way you you could say that I, I was because I would stay in kind of usually for me, the more dangerous the country, the better. And I was staying with local people. I was hanging out with local people. And in my mind, I thought, oh, this is great. I'm really getting to experience what it's like. But it was just a section of that uh, of that society. And um, things went on like that for me for quite a while, right through my 30s. I did a very similar thing in South Africa. I went to Cape Town where I thought I'd go and party there for six months. And it, it, you know, it just got exponentially worse. And these are not the kind of places that you want to be getting into taking hard drugs, waking up in random places. And yeah, so... It all came to a head for me when I was living and working in South Korea. I decided to go there in 2015. I'd been back in the UK for a while. That, that's what I used to do. I would go away and stay for a while until I ran out of money, until I couldn't take it anymore psychologically, physically. Then I'd come back and save a little bit of money and then I'd head away again. So I decided to go to Korea to teach English and I, I just started, I, I started hanging around, getting involved with uh, the wrong type of people, let's say. And it just went from bad to worse. And I made the decision to quit drinking one weekend. I really thought something has to change here because, uh, yeah, I, I, I could envision myself in 10 years down the line. And I just didn't like what I saw. And so I decided to quit drinking one weekend. And you know how it is. You don't decide for the entire rest of your life because that's just way too daunting. And I decided I wouldn't do it for the next few days. And then since then, I I just haven't looked back, really. And that's the before I quit kind of part in a nutshell. Which is, of course, a an interesting life it is I live part of my life in a similar way and it is you're in a different country there and it is this was a time when there were no cameras on cell phones so basically I had some beautiful times some dodgy times dangerous times but these were my times these are things that were where you and I had our adventures. We were young, we were bulletproof. We were, in my case, full of testosterone. I don't know what what hormones <laughs> rode you, but um, we are not really we are not really thinking clearly. We are just thinking selfish and, and completely give me this life, give it to the fullest. And you turned out to be a super responder to dopamine. So any drug that you take or any alcohol that you take, don't just say, mm, that tastes nice. You say, 
yeah, give me more of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the superpower. Yeah. That's our superpower that we have got. We have got that dopamine response. Um, but it's a superpower that can easily burn us as you have experienced and I have experienced. Um, I, like you, found myself in, in interesting places at times um, and not remembering too much. Um, were there any near calls? Were there any near near where you thought shit I really got away with that one um yeah quite a lot I suppose uh, at one point I remember I was in Argentina in Buenos Aires and it was New Year's Eve and there a big party had been happening and I managed to get lost and this is the like I said, a kind of rough area in Buenos, in Buenos Aires. And mm. you wouldn't really get, there was no other tourists around there. And mm. I found myself at one point running down the street. I'd been, um, I was being chased by two local hard dolls. One of them who had a broken bottle in her hand. Um, I'd taken so much Coke that day that my mouth was, I mean, you can only imagine how bloody dry that was. <laughs> And it was like something from a movie. I was like, what am I doing here? How the heck did this happen? I'm from Northern Ireland. I'm an 18-year-old girl. What am I doing? There was a massive street brawl. That's what it was. I got caught up in a huge street brawl and ended up getting lost. And it was just insanity. Yeah. So that was one of the earlier moments. But there were there's definitely been more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please, yes. I remember we had a quite a good time uh, in our bars in Heidelberg and we were sort of, you know, at times we were sort of part of the furniture there. And I remember one night waking up literally behind the bar. So the bar staff kindly had just placed me down lie, lying behind the beer cakes there. And it was three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I thought, what the hell? Where am I? <laughs> and I was in this bar still. So they had closed the round behind me. Yeah, I took care of me, laid me down, put a jacket over me. And uh, they kept the back door open, which had sort of a safety thing so I could get out. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> God, it is. And I got away with shit. Uh, and it was different times. And then sometimes I wish I had not gotten away with it. Sometimes I wish yeah. I had an earlier warning, but the reality was these were still the quotation mark, good times, wild times, the stuff that you can brag about amongst your so-called peers. But then yeah. at some stage you, you actually come sooner or later to a to an awakening. And you you pointed already towards it. It it was not just on the holidays that you did that. It was not just on a Saturday night that I did that. No. Very soon, our lack of coping, our lack of ability to to deal with emotions, um, led yeah. us to basically try to numb ourselves all the time. Yeah. When did that start to happen with you? Do you mean when did I start to wake up out of it, or when did I start to really no. get? In? How long? How long were you really in in the in the darkness? How long were you really in in the times? that you maybe regret? Well, I suppose, so when I was 18 then and I went to Argentina and started, uh, got a taste for uppers, and uh, which was my favourite thing because I could escape 
who I was because ultimately I just didn't like who I was and um, I was a little bit reserved actually and for some reason I thought that was a flaw I thought that was something that I shouldn't have been and that so you know when you take uppers you just become a totally different person and you don't give a crap and you you say what you want and you're really outgoing so I really took to that and even alcohol would give me that really up feeling mm. making me really really hyper right until the end but um yeah so that that started I mean I've smoked a bit of weed when in my teens before that oh quite a bit actually and continued to my early 20s and then dropped that but it would have been from I was 18 right up until I was about 32 in Korea when I eventually quit mm. when I just literally couldn't take it anymore and um, mm. also because in South Korea they don't really have a recreational drugs culture. Mm. It's all booze, really, for, for regular people compared to other countries. So mm. whereas before, I'd be doing a bit of both. and Maybe, you know, it wasn't so obvious that I was doing a lot of one or the other, even though I was doing a lot of both compared to most people. But when I went to Korea, and the focus was mainly on the alcohol, and that's mm. when you get the blackouts, mm. and that's when you get... I don't know. It's a different kind of thing, um, different kind of implications. And that's when I really, really noticed it. I could stay up all night drinking and have uh, a small sleep and then just basically drink all weekend. And I was feeling it in my body, having various different sy symptoms and, yeah, just getting into real mischief and trying to hold on a job as well as a teacher uh, in a school. It was just a disaster, an absolute disaster. So, yeah, from 18 right through to 32, thankfully, I feel lucky, actually, that that I was able to quit at that time. You focused on the quitting and for that, please let me commend you and, and, and all of all of uh, those of you who are listening who have just quit. Let me send you a huge hug and a huge bolt of energy of lightning and say, yeah, you did it. Yes. But. There is a reason that we drink. You alluded to it. You you were saying you didn't like the girl who you were, which is mm. always astounding to me because virtually every single guest I have, I look at and I must say, actually, I mean, look at you, Lauren. You're a stunning, beautiful <laughs> woman. You are just you're just gorgeous, and I, I know I I meet the Lauren now. I, I accept that. And maybe the Lauren previously was not the same Lauren. I, I give you that. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same token, you needed to address the demons. There was a reason that you were escaping. How did you mm. manage that? I, I cannot mm -hmm. imagine that in South Korea, there are English speaking psychologists falling from the trees and be, be ready to help you. So how the hell yeah. did you actually stop drinking and then stay dry without addressing the, the reasons that made you drink? Uh, well, I think that, to be honest, is a, an ongoing journey uh, throughout your whole life. What <laughs> I found was whenever I quit, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I was faced with this identity void. I was like, who am I? Because for so long, I had identified with this person who, and I'm, I 
don't want to label myself and say I'm going to be like this forever. But historically, I've been, you know, one, you know, one or the other kind of uh, polarized thing going on. And so I really identified with that party person. I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. And that was my identify. That was my identity for, for so long. So whenever I quit in Korea, that was really the time for me to try and work out what did I like? What things did I like to do? Who was under all of this, you know, hiding? And exactly. And, you know, when I got started to become familiar with that, that Lauren, that's when I started to look into the, the other side of things. And, OK, let's think about actually why. Why was I feeling that way about myself? I'm very interested in psychology and different types of therapy. And that's still an ongoing thing for me so yeah that that's something I'm, I'm dealing with more now you're talking so out of my soul I I you could have it is spooky because you chose exactly the same words as I have chosen many times before ultimately I was an empty shell there was mm -hmm. nothing there there was nothing that I could say who am I I had no answer to that like yeah. you, and avoid a vacuum of there was nothing. What yeah. was the first thing that you tried to put into that empty vessel? Into what was the first, the first thing where you 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 tried to figure out who you are? Well, what I did was um, I sat down and thought, okay, what things do I like to do? And I knew I liked cooking, I knew I liked languages, and I knew I liked outdoor stuff, but I'd never really done a lot of it because I was always bloody hangover. Um, so, you know, you just don't get around to that stuff when you're... you're no, you, you can't go running because you, you spill your drink. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's logic. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So I did those things. I, I, I really got stuck into the culture. I learned Korean to, uh, you know, intermediate level. Um, I went to Korean cooking classes. Uh, nice. Just today I was cooking some Korean food. Um, <laughs> and I bought a bike and I decided to cycle down the, the east coast of Korea in August, which was, I think, only a mad person would do that. The humidity, I'm sure you know, in East Asia in August is is something else. And um, I think I nearly died of, of heat stroke, actually, on that trip. But those are some of the things that I did to try and get back to me. And that ultimately led me to, to what I do now, with this, which is this travel business, which is all about showing people, sharing exploration and, mm. and culture and getting people to, to push themselves out of their comfort zone. <laughs> beautiful and the, the reason i loved it so much is because as as alcoholics and as as druggies we have forgotten what sober fun is and maybe we have never learned it even so sober fun was the the, the weirdest concept i had ever heard about when i went into rehab and every tuesday night was compulsory we go out tonight and have fun night and I yeah. thought, we are in rehab. What do you mean we have fun? <laughs> what what fun. the heck? Is there another side to rehab here? And yes, there was another side. And as basically at seven o'clock, there was all kind of, of travel arrangements were being made, typically uh, longer standing dry alcoholics and re 
people in rehab, should I say, in recovery, uh, picked us up and then we went bowling. And yeah. it was such a bizarre thing because I would have never bowled, well, for a long time, not bowled without having a beer or 15 uh, there and, and having fun. And mm-hmm. yet suddenly there was this mandatory, we're going to go out and have fun without alcohol. And it actually, it was, it was this, I was forced to do it. And suddenly I realized by doing so, huh, I had fun last night. <laughs> and that was bizarre. That was bizarre. So it is my rehab was really, really good from that angle to teach us the micro habits yeah. that are there. And that's exactly what you are doing with your current venture. And for that, yeah. wow, this is so brilliant. This is so brilliant. And then therefore, it's I love it that that we love Lucid, your travel company, has come into existence to exactly showcase that and actually say, yeah. hey, you can have a good time. Um, you you were there in a foreign country. You were were you alone at that time, or did you have a partner? I was alone. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, that is a blessing in disguise because you can make the changes, and you are not bound to someone who maybe was facilitating your drinking or facilitating your using. Because typically, we surround ourselves with people who um, who are the same ilk as us. So oh, yeah. that's so. No, that was a blessing in disguise. At the same token. It is a lonesome, a lonesome place to be. Um, yeah. So it is. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with that? With that? Yeah. Nearly insurmountable task because for fifteen years, you have done nothing else, and now you make yeah. that call. This is scary. This is, this is a huge mountain. That's Mount Everest, and then some <laughs> to climb. How did you deal with that? Yeah, you know, it's a really good point, because when I look back, sometimes I just wonder how the heck I was able to do that. Um, But what I really did was I I was actually so, so disgusted at how things had, how badly things had really turned out for me. Um, or the, The chaos that I was attracting into my life, should I say, that I just, I stopped going to bars at all I didn't want to know I I you know I got the bike I I did that kind of stuff I stayed in my apartment a lot I read many books about North Korea I got involved in um, an organization which teaches English to North Koreans and just really focused on hobbies and those kinds of things and it was the loneliest period of my life I'd have to say that I didn't know about all of these. I'm not even sure if they would have existed back then, to be honest, but all of the social sober networks and things like that, I just didn't know anything about them. And I literally thought that I was the only person on this planet, girl, my age, going through what I was going through. And um, you just... And I just got through it day by day, just day by day and weekend by weekend. And as time went on and I started to really reap the benefits from this new life and these new experiences, I realized and I reckon a lot of people, probably maybe more people that used to love be really into drugs, they still really like that kind of rush. So I'm quite into adrenaline sports now. Um, 
And I first worked this out when I was on my bike. I couldn't, you know, anytime I got on my bike, I was like lightning down the road. And I was like, yes, love this. This is amazing. And so that's really helped me as well. Adventures, sports, that kind of thing, you know, rally. I want to really learn how to how to drive, rally drive properly. Um, uh, and so that's a bit of a substitute for me. But uh, yeah, how did I deal with the loneliness? It was just one day at a time. It really was. And some kind of strength from somewhere. I honestly just don't know sometimes. I just, all I am, I'm just grateful that that life that somehow how did give me this strength to continue it's hard to explain sometimes you don't need as much strength you need just enough strength to admit that you're knee-deep in shit which you did and then to try to find help to do it all yourself was a huge challenge to yourself and i'm amazed that you managed to do it most people will fail with an approach like yours. And that is mm. because there is so much going on in our subconscious level that makes us drink, that ultimately you're, you're, you're destined to fail. That's a fact. Because you started around about 18. I probably started about the same age getting seriously involved, which means that emotionally we stopped developing at that level. So ultimately, you were a 33-year-old in a 17, 18-year-old mind, or had a 17, 18-year-old mind in a 33-year-old body. And so therefore, you have not learned the coping mechanisms. You have not learned mm -hmm. how to deal with negative emotions. All those things, especially 20, 30 years back, there was not such an education at school. There was not such a, there was no emphasis on that in private life. In my upbringing it was normal to drink it was normal it was not normal to use that was probably not so common in germany although obviously the sub the sub <laughs> um underneath the surface there was there was a lot going on but no the, the alcohol was normal part and parcel and it is it is it is normal uh, it was normal for me so therefore when when i had to when i I should have sought help many, many times earlier, but I was not ready. Finally, mm -hmm. my wife made a decision for me and for that I love her to bits to actually uh, get me voluntarily admitted to a rehab hospital. And it was only then that someone actually literally peeled my eyes open and said, this is how life can be. And that was yeah. the most beautiful thing. But then thereafter, I started a journey that I'm still on seven years down the line uh, alcohol plays zero role in my life. There's not even urges or, or things like that anymore. But I'm still struggling with dealing with my emotions, with the anxiety, yeah. the PTSD, and and all these kind of things are there. The the I'm much better today, but I'm better today because I got the help from a number of life coaches, a number of psychologists, etc. Did you mm. get finally the chance once you returned after South Korea, once you returned? I mean, you basically went from alcohol to distraction to a little bit finding yourself, but it was, it's, it's like you using a supercomputer and have no idea about a manual. You try a bit yeah. that, oh, exercise feels good. 
Oh, oh, good, 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 good. We do exercise. And then food. Yeah, food makes me feel, oh, oh that's good. We do a bit more food. I, I learned to, so you, you're, you're trying. But when mm. did you have a chance to, to start exploring more? Did you go into an AA system or smart recovery or anything like that? People who have been where you want to be and are even further down the path. Um, so I didn't go into any kind of program. I'd actually, before I quit, I had already, I was already dabbling a little bit in um, different forms of spirituality and self-development, although that was kind of hard to keep going because when you're hungover, you don't give a crap about anything. And even the stuff that could be so important to you in a normal day you just don't give a shit. You just want to get food so that you can try and make yourself feel better that way. And so it's kind of hard to have a continued practice in any of those things. So whenever I quit, I that's when I really started to follow certain teachers, a lot of YouTube videos and things like that that I would watch um, that really made me start to think about who I was what my purpose was and place was in this world. And of course, the whole psychology kind of side of things as well is very interesting for me. And that's something that it, it's a day, it's daily work. And although I don't go to AA, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels and similar things that they do there, which, which I would do on my own um, on a daily basis. And um, as a, again, I'm so pleased for you that that worked out for you. I think if you were to say, well, if I want to create a successful business, there are there are ways of just giving it a shot, or there are ways of of basically trying to get a mentor, trying to get someone who is actually has created that business before and can guide me. So I guess the same thing. You've got a chance of it succeeding both ways. I think in general terms, what I want to say to the to the people listening here is i i would have never been able to do it alone because mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't realize what i didn't knew no i thought i knew yeah. it all i'm a doctor please i know it and i had this this graph of psychology i could see a depression a mile away in any of my patients a ptsd i i, I could read people like a book look at myself fuck Ugh, my mask yeah. was so big, I couldn't see behind my own bloody eyes. I had no clue what was going on in me. And that was the amazing thing with hindsight, which still blows me away, that I could be quite a, a good doctor and a very sensitive doctor and an empathic doctor. Yet when it came to actually my own environment, seeing what is happening in my parents, mm. my wife, my children, myself, I was the biggest bumbling idiot. And I think that's where I needed to help. And that's that's what I want to say. It is sometimes more important what you don't say than what you say. And mm -hmm. whilst you might focus on something in your journey of self, self of finding yourself, then mm -hmm. this is only what you're actually focusing on. You don't realize that you have actually not dealt with the belief system that is underlying everything, or you have not dealt with the, with many things that you can't see, because it's mm. just you know, and it's that that thing. So, and I think that is, in all fairness, 
that is something that is more coming to me now, seven years down the line. So like you, yeah. I'm on my journey and I'm far from finished, but I, I suddenly realized, hang on, there are some things that I clearly still have not mastered. There's still shit going on in my life. Mm. Whilst I respond yeah. to 80, 90% in a very different way and I'm cool and all fine and I'm happy and things that would have previously absolutely reduced me to tears, I now shrug off and say, well, nothing I can do about that, um, yeah. but I can do something about that. So no, that's cool. But there are still times when I'm struggling big time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I think it is, we need all that help. And, and Lauren, if you are finding yourself, and this is so beautiful to see, and you're making such great progress because otherwise you wouldn't be here on my show. You would be, you would be still probably hiding. Addiction is hiding. Addiction is, mm -hmm. is being in the shadows. And here you are being able to calmly talk to me about that and mm -hmm. being there for a role model for people out there who are, uh, who can see themselves in you. So Lauren, I'm, I'm, I'm getting freaking goosebumps, literally, um, to, <laughs> to, to see you being there and actually now focusing on this beautiful, sober fun, on this beautiful exploration of, mm -hmm. of travel. So yeah. I, I need to know more about your travel. Now it's, it will be a long time until I head back to the UK. We are still COVID free here in, in New Zealand. Wow. Um, exactly. We are probably the only country in the freaking world and it's only a matter of time until COVID will breach our borders. So it is, so traveling at the moment, not so much. And that then of course raises the question, how are you doing as a travel company? Uh, at the times of lockdown and COVID in the UK? Well, fortunately, um, because I started off in 2019, um, I was still small enough to be able to react quickly. My business was small enough to be able to react quickly to what happened. I didn't have a lot of staff on board and I didn't have investors, things like that. So for me... I just thought, right, what can I do here? What can I do with what I've got? I, I had international trips planned, alcohol-free trips planned, and I basically decided to keep them all in the UK this year. And, you know, there are many great benefits to that. It, it gets the word out quite a lot, a lot more in the, the UK sober community. People get to explore. I mean, we were talking before about exploring your own country, but people get to explore parts of the UK where these staycations that they haven't before and exactly. so actually I'm doing quite well at the minute um I've got six I'll have about six trips on this year starting from next week we've got some skydiving booze free skydiving uh, right up until New Year's Eve so so yeah things cool. it's also to do with the belief in the mindset to be honest Stefan because um part of my own growth has really propelled me down that path of this knowing just a knowing that things no matter what happens are going to work out okay and I believe that with all my heart and even though you know times can be tough I really do I, I let go of a lot of things a lot of things now that I used to worry about in the past you know 
Um, that's that's a beautiful yeah. thing with us with us our survivors. We are yeah. survivors from. We have gone through a lot of shit, and are still doing it. Therefore, it, once you actually come to that point, there's a serenity coming over you, because yeah. you know. I mean, it was certainly the start of this year, a lot of, I mean, virtually every day there was another catastrophe around me in, in, in the lives of people that touched my life, et cetera. And I just, from down then, I looked up to the gods of in the Pantheon up there and think, really? It, really? Now? <laughs> Again? We just did that yesterday. Oh, no, you've got a variation of that. Thank you. And it's that kind of yeah. a fuck. Um, but yeah, as you say, as you say, we are survivors. And that makes you, that's that's a superpower that comes from the superpower of being a dopamine super responder. So you have mm. gone through more shit than many other people. And that makes you unique. And that makes you that strong woman that is looking into this camera and says, actually, COVID? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's just adapt and survive. That is what survivors yeah. do. And think about it. We, we, uh, the UK must be similar to to us in New Zealand or to me. I never explored Germany. I never explored the, the places where I was. It was always, mm -hmm. oh, the grass is greener on the other side. So, yeah. and for us in New Zealand here, it's much easier to jump in a plane. Three hours later, I'm my feet are in the sand in Fiji um, or I am on the Sunshine Coast or Surface, uh, surface Paradise uh, in Australia. It's actually easier for me to get to there than to get to the South Island of New Zealand. Um, so yeah. therefore, to now be in a COVID environment where suddenly there are no more tourists, of foreign tourists in our country, and suddenly you don't want to go somewhere else. You actually explore your own backyard, and that's bloody gorgeous. There are actually so <laughs> many nice, cool things to do, um, and especially when there are not busloads of Chinese and Korean tourists are actually standing in front of you. So there are some benefits yeah. to that. <laughs> so yeah. what are some of the things that you have done? So what, what were the focus uh, of your trips? What did you do? I know you're, you have turned a bit the adrenaline junkie. So is it, um, <laughs> let's practice knife throwing and chainsaw juggling, shall we? Um, no, what do you do? <laughs> well, you know, I have to also be mindful that a lot of people wouldn't be into that kind of stuff, even though down the line, I'd like to do some separate trips, which are more focused on the, the adrenaline stuff. The skydive's a bit of an experiment and it actually sold out. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, so that's interesting. But so on all of the trips, all of the activities that we do are totally suitable for people who haven't done them before. So we do things like whitewater rafting, canyoning. Beautiful. On the ski trip we've got coming up in February, we're going to do moonlight snowshoeing. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, just, just really memorable experiences that you don't need you don't need experience to do. And it's all about just getting people just to, to try. I know it sounds so cliche, but to push themselves that little bit, try something different because – I just know how rewarding that is and how that is so good for the confidence, which is exactly what people need exactly. who all of a sudden have no hobbies and need to try, you know, or try to change their life. Wow. How long are your trips? What is sort of the typical uh, length distance? 
Yeah. So usually the international ones would be four to seven days. Well, that's within Europe. Um, we're thinking about going to Maldives next year, though they would be a bit longer, mm. maybe 10 days. But the UK ones are generally three, three nights, a little bit shorter. The groups uh, be about 14 people in each group. And you've got a mixture there of people who are completely sober like ourselves, but also sober curious. Mm. I want to give people who, nice. who are interested in this in this kind of uh, lifestyle change that they maybe mm. haven't, you know, incinerated the candle at both ends like uh, we did. But they they just know that there's a they could have a better life. Mm. And I want to make these kind of trips accessible for them so yeah it, that that's basically those are the ch- the trips in a nutshell and, and mm. it's just about the connection as well i mean exactly. people bond exactly. so well exactly right and yeah. that it is in my rehab one of the most important places in rehab was the jacuzzi was the spa and that was in okay. the center of the bloody rehab and it was this huge huge spa could probably sit 12 people or so easy can be uh, comfortable with four massive lions spouting water in there and it was what the fuck when you when you first <laughs> walked in there but that and the smokers corner that was where yeah. the real therapy happened because people started opening up and we're talking and that is exactly what you can do you actually are yeah. suddenly sober curious and you can sit down with someone who is living a beautiful life and say huh how did you do that as you yeah. know and this is where the talking starts the human connection that it's yeah. that's where the hiding stops you are yeah. allowing people to step out of their their little cave and gently yeah. explore in a safe environment how it would feel like to build a real you yeah now that's powerful shit that is that is wow and that's so i'm so 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 pleased to hear that happening that that mm-hmm. focuses out there and that you're spelling it out and that you're making sobriety fun and that yeah. is that is the key to it uh, that is, I'm so, so pleased. I'm, I'm actually a bit pissed off that I'm sitting here in New Zealand and can't actually come to you and do <laughs> stupid things like, hey, let's bike the Hadrian Wall or something like that. You know, it yeah. is, there are, there are enough things that, that you have no doubt in your mind already planned and, and thinking about, okay, how do we do it now that the whole country That's is more true. or less vaccinated? You know, ah, oh, that is. I'm excited for you. I'm so excited because this is. There's no doubt that your company will grow, blossom, and expand, and that many a people uh, will have a chance to to feel the freedom of yeah. a lucid holiday where they have got the pictures and the memories because they actually can remember what happened. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, you made a really good point there about the freedom and you talked about authenticity. When people come on these trips, they, they don't have to hold up that sort of guard, that, that sort of superficial thing that you end up doing when you're having drunk conversations. It's not really you. That disappears really quickly. And 
people just love that opportunity to be themselves. And it's definitely something that's been a huge part of my journey. And that's ultimately where I'm heading because for such a long time, I just never felt that I could be myself. And so as time goes on and as I do these kinds of podcasts, these are all really good opportunities for me as well, just to be okay with who I am. And the trips really reflect this as well. And um, there's actually studies out there that show that when people try new things together, because of the shared vulnerability, that they bond much quicker. And so that's a whole other layer to to what I'm doing as well. Uh, I know for a fact on this skydiving trip, because people will be crapping themselves <laughs> because lots of people haven't skydived before. Uh, I know there will be some strong bombs made on that uh, trip more than some of the others. And it's just, it's really exciting an exciting thing to be part of. Isn't it? It is. Mm. And it's, and to a certain degree, you are giving back. And by giving back, it that is a powerful, powerful validation, I guess, for yourself. You have suddenly become from, you've turned, you've transformed from this insecure young teenager who didn't find her place, who had no clue who she wanted to be when... <laughs> who she wanted to be full stop uh, yeah. to now a woman who is saying, you know what? I change lives. What do you do when you're what, at work? Huh? I mean, at, at some stage, your little one uh, will say, mommy, what do you do at work? And you can say, I change lives. I make people's lives better. Now, that is a damn good legacy whenever I looked at something. So, yeah, wow. I mean, you, you kind of lose sight. You know, when you get bogged down in the, the daily running of a business, you often lose sight of, of that side of it. And it's only when I, usually when I go on the trips, which mm. I'll be stepping back from now, I've got other people running the trips for me. But um, when I go on the trips, that's when I really just notice the how rewarding they really are and the, the fun that people have. And that's what really keeps me going because it's, um, it's just so, it's just so clear when you're there, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks for mentioning that. Cause I do tend to forget about that whole side of it, you know, when you're just <laughs> thinking about the marketing and all these oh, sorts of things. Of course. And that's exactly, that's exactly where I find myself in my show. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes I'm sitting here and think, oh, for crying out loud, it's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, in two hours, I have to go to work to do a full day's of work. And then in the evening, I need to do other things. And God, oh, that's a 16 hour yeah. day. Are you really, why the hell do you do that? Because yeah. I meet wonderful people like you who make me think, who make me feel. You made me feel things today that I actually had not felt for a long time. You brought back memories in my mind where I have to say, huh, good memories, bad memories. They are memories. They are dead. It was my past. And I, I greet them and say, hello, memories. Um, interesting how you make me feel today compared with then. And, and so, so I have grown in the, in the time right now, spending time with you. I have grown. I've changed. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. 
And that smile that just crept on my face there is a very true smile. It is actually a smile which which is cheesy and but full of joy, full of full of of ah, oh, I just feel I've grown. And mm, this is wonderful. You. This is wonderful. And that's exactly what you do. This is exactly why you have transformed and why you have you've taken this little budding idea and have transformed that into a business that now is helping others. And I have no doubt you will explode. You will, you will go bigger and you will go, you will do it. And you will do it because you have got your heart set in the right way. Your moral compass is there set in the right way. And that is beautiful. And the need is out there and there is a market out there. <laughs> Believe me. So no, 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 no. Yours is, is fantastic. Lauren Burnison, a woman who soon cannot be held back unless, of course, the mummy brain kicks in. <laughs> because Lauren, you're <laughs> hiding it well, but Lauren is actually there. Are two two people there doing this, this interview today. <laughs> it yeah. looks like free, but they. Yeah. <laughs> so no. So I wish you. I wish you a very safe delivery, and I wish you at least a little bit of sleep over the next few months. <laughs> but don't <laughs> don't forget It'll your. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is what life is all about. It throws you new adventures and you have gone through so much already. So it is now, now you can, you can live this adventure in a sober state. You're not yeah. trying to escape from it, but you can actually uh, allow yourself to feel it and to, to live it and to love it. Uh, the good times and the bad times, no doubt. Uh and yeah. I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased for your transformation. You. I'm so grateful that you came today onto my show. So if if people want to get hold of you, how is the best way that they can find you and that they might say, oh, I want to be part of that, of that adventure? Yeah, so all of our information about our trips is available on our website, which is uh, welovelicid.com. And you can also get in touch with us there via email. And also on Instagram, quite busy on Instagram these days. Facebook, not so much. But yeah, if anybody has any questions or anything they'd like to ask, uh, feel free to, to reach out. I do a bit of writing as well um, about my my experiences travel experiences before and after quitting which is some of them are quite gnarly and uh interesting they, they're, they're both very different so you can also access those through my my personal instagram which is sober and smashing it <laughs> exactly exactly and that is beautiful uh, Lauren, thank you for this lovely, lovely interview. Thank you for coming thank on to you. my show. Thank you for giving hope to people out there and proving to people that there is a life, that there's fun after alcohol, that there's fun after drugs. We just need to learn how to live that. And it will not be the first, not the first time. So when you do it the first time, guys, you might not necessarily feel as much because you have depleted your response to normal things completely. Mm -hmm. um, there is no truck involved, therefore you don't feel it yet. I remember six, seven months down the line after stopping drinking, I bought strawberries from a street vendor and I had a strawberry and I suddenly thought, wow, this is the best <laughs> strawberry I've ever had in my life. What yeah. is that? What is what? What? Uh, and it was a normal strawberry for fuck's sake. It was basically yeah. finally my brain had learned to put emphasis on the 
right now, right here. And this is a story yeah. that you should actually enjoy. And that yeah. was six, seven months. Okay. So, so if you try one thing and you say, ah, oh, see, I had no fun. Uh, I show, I, I prove to you, see, it doesn't work having sober fun. Just give it another shot. And just keep maybe, going. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe go on a trip with some people. Um, and actually, you might find that you get so much out of it, far more than than you ever thought is possible. So yeah. yeah. Now, Lauren, thank you very much for giving this chance to people to experience a different lifestyle and come out of hiding and, and start living a life mm -hmm. that they can be proud of. So that's great. Thank you. It's been really great to chat to you. Uh, uh, absolutely. Cool. You guys out there, there is hope. There is there is a life waiting for you. And so who do you want to be when you grow up? It doesn't matter if you're 17 or 70. It is, if you're happy with your life, I'm pleased for you. But I doubt that because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to that show to the end here. So so no, go out there, have fun. And if you if you're in the UK and want to explore more of the UK, we love Lucid uh, is just a beautiful starting point for you. And just look down there into the description of the video and of the podcast. You've got all of Lauren's information down there. So just you know, check her out and, and see um, if not, if you don't gel with her adventures. So Lauren, again, thank you very much. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Bye. Dream on, dream on.